As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's get ready to if you're going to go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. It's creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So this the only, seems the like only a cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. you got to go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. Actually, a special edition this week. We're going to call it the Pug and Snake Boxing Show because as there my colleague... Go. Yeah, as my colleague Mike Coppinger is in the process of uh, actually moving across the country from uh, Mo- um, from Marina del Rey to Miami, Florida. Um, he's going to, with a stop, to see the Canelo uh, Alvarez-Billy Joe Saunders fight on Saturday. He's moving across the country, so we needed the Latin snake, Sergio Mora, former 154-pound world champion, to join us as a special a co-host today. Sergio, thank you so much for coming along on a, on a moment's notice. I really appreciate it. And I was thinking about it. We we talked about doing a podcast together several years ago at the uh, De La Hoya Golf Tournament. I had just played golf with Joe Pesci, and I saw you, uh, I think, having a beer afterward. And I said, we should get together and do something together, um, given just how verbose you are and how smart you are about this uh, about this sport that we we both cover. No, you know, I, I was I had a lot of things going that I was uh, – Man, I got really deep into a memoir I was writing. I uh, I got like maybe 300 pages in. Uh, I got approached by so many people to do a podcast. Uh, I'm not the podcast type, um, even though I love talking boxing. Uh, you know, I'm more of the Scotty Pippen. I don't like to take the Michael <laughs> Jordan route, so I needed somebody good. But if you would have approached me, Lance, I would have did it in a second. Yeah, you know what? I just didn't have it all nailed down. It was just a, it was just an idea at that time. Obviously, uh, you've landed on your feet very strongly doing your jabs with Mannix and Mora podcasts that we see on DAZN, and also uh, you know serving as the analyst on the DAZN uh, broadcast. And you'll be working Saturday's fight between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. And it's um, you'll be happy to know Sergio, our, our special guest on the show this week, is Canelo Alvarez, who had oh. a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, that I, I'm sure all the listeners will enjoy. So, um, you know, looking forward to that fight. I know you've got to be excited about what's to come on Saturday. No, I'm very excited because, uh, you know, this last fight with Abney Yildirim, it was a disappointment for a lot of people. 
as far as the actual fight. But the fact that we're going to get to see the pound for pound number one fighter on the planet fight possibly four times a year, you know, like I like to say, the more Canelo, the merrier. And he's in there against a legitimate undefeated two division world champion. So there's no complaining here. There's there's no there there should be no complaints with any boxing fans. Of course, we would want to see him fight the absolute beasts at 175. I just I don't think it's there yet. He has a plan of wanting to be undisputed at 168. I mean, you can't question Canelo's resume. No. I'm excited because you know whoever doesn't know about Billy Joe Saunders, you know they just need to see the fight with David Lemieux. They need to see him fight against Andy Lee or Chris Eubanks on that championship level, and he can box and he can bang. So this is this is a fighter that's definitely you know never tasted defeat, and Canelo loves those type of challenges. He loves taking them zeros, you know, it, 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 and and that's what makes him the number one you know fighter on the planet. I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's uh, going to be a very sophisticated test uh, for him from a very well-prepared Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, but, you know, look, I mean, I agree with you. Canelo's resume is one that, and look, you know, his haters are going to say whatever they're going to say. But to me, as a boxing writer who follows the sport for, you know, more than a decade, this is a guy who, on the level of everyone else, is willing to step in there and take on all challenges. He can't fight, you know, every single guy at the at the same exact time. But one by one, he's taking them on. And, um, you know, looking forward to, to what he can do. We'll talk a little bit more about the fight. But one of the things that happened... Um, Sergio, and I just want the the listeners to know because we recorded and then the following day, and Canelo, I think, was keeping some things close to his chest, but the following day came out this uh, very good interview that he gave to Yahoo's uh, Graham Benziger. And in that conversation, Canelo said basically three uh, very riveting things. He said, A, his brother was kidnapped in Mexico days before he fought Rocky Fielding in uh, 2018. Uh, B, that he had some COVID uh, battles before preparing, you know, yeah, before preparing for Avni Yildirim in February. And C, that he wanted to cut off Triple G's head for the doping claims that Triple G made against him before their rematch. So um, I don't know if you saw that that interview, Sergio, but I just wanted to, I wanted to know what you thought of all of those opinions and, and all of those um, comments that Canelo had as he leads into this fight. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of um, uh, people, uh, you know, having issues with mental issues and a lot of people that are suffering with depression and alcoholism and so many different things that are going on with with people outside, uh, you, you know, and outside life. And, you know, without getting too deep into it, you got to praise uh, a, a man, first a man and, uh, and then a boxer, a fighter like Canelo, who has so much weight on his shoulders to not even not even show you that he's struggling first of all yeah. you know that that's that's one thing that you got to praise as a as a man and and secondly as a fighter and two for him to fight through that knowing that there's you know there's more than just an event you know there's more than just a man suffering there's there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of people relying on you not only the fans i mean there's it's such a burden on an athlete especially when you're a fighter, when it's just one man, there's no team you could rely on. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's nobody. It's you and against another person. It just makes you praise a man like that even more for one, uh, two, a not letting anyone know, even, even, even if, even if it would have done, done right, if he would have let people know and, and he could have actually escaped those duties, you know, and, and no one would have been able to say anything. We would have been there supporting him. He didn't. 
uh, it just it, it's it's the the test of, of of the character of the man and what kind of fighter he is, and it's unbelievable because there's no there's no fighter I know. I know I wouldn't have done it if they kidnapped mm-hmm. my brother. I wouldn't have been able to, you know, uh, uh, go on and ring, let alone just you know uh, act like if nothing happened. I, it just goes to show you the just the you know the the fortitude. I, I would say everything that, yeah. that that he has as a man as a fighter. It's am- amazing. It, it really is amazing. That's the reason he's an extraordinary individual. I, you know, and I really appreciate that perspective, Sergio. I mean, ob- obviously, being a former boxer, you know all the things that are going on in a boxer's life. And, and you know, look, as a reporter, I think I kind of thought the same things as well, that, wow, this guy just takes took upon so much of uh, upon himself to deal with all of these things that were happening. And, um, you know, he is. He is tough. He is, he is a badass. I mean, that's what makes him the number one fighter in the sport. And I wanted to say one other thing, and I know this kind of story has been kind of like done to death that we actually had a, another conversation a- about it at a uh, Friday dinner. I was at where, you know, the claims that triple G made about Canelo Alvarez being a doper. And look, I've said it before. It caused some hard feelings with Canelo. I understand what he's saying about the clenbuterol and his beef. Is it, you know, clenbuterol is basically inherent in Mexican beef, and he's absolutely right to say that. I think my only um, criticism of him is that he had already known that there had been an issue with that with Francisco Vargas in Mexico, who was also a Golden Boy fighter. And it's like at that point, why would you even taste? Uh, Mexican beef, but he did. He submitted a, a sample that, and he's right. The levels now are not even illegal like they were back then. But that back then they were deemed illegal, and obviously he had to um, um, serve a suspension before he had that rematch with Triple G. But since that, since that um, has been has taken place, Canelo has been in the ring very regularly. And you know, I've talked. I've got a story coming out in the Athletic on Tuesday, uh, Sergio, and I'd love to get your opinion on it when you read it. Um, it basically talks as it talks about all of the lapses in pre-fight testing that have been taking place in taking place in some very significant fights all during the, the pandemic era. But the one exception to that is some someone who has committed and honored uh, to testing throughout all of these fights that he's been involved in is Canelo. And not only is he taking all of these testing, these tests, he's paying for all of them out of his own pocket. So this is a, a man who is re- religiously committed to testing at this point. And I think at the end of the day, like I've long said about this issue, Yes, you know, someone can can uh, serve their punishment, but at the end of the day, when that when that punishment has been served, you've got to let it go, move on, and not continue to call this guy a doper. He's no longer a doper. He's been tested repeatedly, and this is a clean fighter as he heads into this uh, Saturday fight against Billy Joe Saunders. You know, it, this is the thing about PEDs and uh, drugs and anything that enhances a, an athlete. Uh, once you get caught, or once you get even labeled, or once it, there's any hint of you cheating, it's a black cloud that can follow you for you the rest of your career. Um, you have to give a fighter like Canelo and others, Roy Jones Jr. also, uh, yeah. uh, Shane Mosley, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because how great they were early yeah. in their career. These these guys were, were unbelievable when they were in lower weight classes. So it's not like uh, they're climbing up in weight, you know, doing something new. Uh, but uh, you have to respect you have to respect the character of a man before you want to tarnish it with with one thing that set them back. 
you know, we're, we're, we're a nation of laws and, and we, we always give second chances. Uh, I won't go as far as to call him a cheater. I won't go as far as to tarnish his reputation, but I'm glad that you don't let him slide on that either, Lance, because that's what makes you uh, the writer and, and the critic you are. And that's why you're respected because you don't let, you won't let that slide. It's, it's something that should be dug into, but Canelo did the right thing by, you know, paying out of his own pocket. They're expensive. They're expensive, those tests. I think they're like $15,000. If I remember last time, I, I was a part of that. And I remember when they told me if I wanted to be uh, on the on the psycho, I said, do I have to pay for it out of my own pocket? <laughs> yes. It's a lot of money. And that's the reason a lot of these promoters don't want to test every single fighter and so on and so forth. It's another issue. For Canelo yeah. to do that, he wants to he wants to cleanse, you know, cleanse his reputation. He wants to know that he's a clean fighter and he wants to stay busy. So, you know, we have to applaud that. Absolutely. And I know for this test, uh, in talking to the authorities that I spoke to, he's paying $20,000 out of his own pocket for the, the testing that is going to be done for this fight. And I wanted to say also, too, because it speaks to the quality of the man. Canelo Alvarez could have uh, forever hated me for some of the reporting that was done. But he set he set that aside as well. We've actually yeah. uh, become respected, uh, you know, reporter and, and and fighter, reporter and athlete. And you know, we've long I've long talked to him many times in the gym, and he will talk to me in English. And he he went next level in this interview that's uh, we're gonna, we're going to uh, air right now, Sergio Canelo basically spent the entire interview speaking to me in English, with just a few exceptions. Uh, we really appreciated um, that, and we really appreciated the things that ha- he had to say. So let's go to that right now and hear what Canelo Alvarez has to say as he heads into his May 8th fight on the zone against Billy Joe Saunders. Canelo, obviously, um, you know, fighting Billy Joe Saunders May 8th, coming up at AT&T Stadium outside Dallas. Um, do you consider Billy Joe Saunders your most difficult test at 168 pounds? Mm. We'll see in May 8th. No, but uh, he's definitely a difficult fighter. His style is, is very difficult. He's helpful. So he have a good move, legs. Uh, and we'll see in May 8th. You told me when I was out at camp that, because we've seen photos, we've seen footage of Billy Joe, and he's really like buffer and stronger than he's ever looked in his career. You say you're not as concerned by that as much as you are about his the way he fights and his style. Is that correct? Can you can you elaborate on why you're not so concerned about his strength as much as you are just the you know his southpaw style, the way he can be kind of crafty and difficult? No, I'm not worried about it. I don't care really. I just care about my skills. I can do whatever I want in the ring. I don't care if it's more strong than me or or whatever. I can adapt myself uh, to anything. I don't, no one's saying that he's stronger than you though, <laughs> right? That's right. Let's step aside right now for a break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let me ask you this, because I, I, I wonder what someone like you who's at the peak of his sport, how do you motivate yourself? What are the keys to keeping yourself? Oh, I love, I love boxing. Mm-hmm. I love boxing. And I want to make history in boxing. So that's make me uh, uh, motivate myself. And I love this. I love being in the gym. I love being in the fight. So... That's why it's not difficult to be to me be motivated every day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen you in there and we've seen how hard you work. And obviously this year, when you've talked about the possibility of fighting four times, I think it truly reveals itself how deeply you love this sport. And, you know, you love working with your teammates and your trainer, Eddie Reynoso. That whole culture that you have in that San Diego gym is, is really an uplifting one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, being in, 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 in this, with these people, uh, uh, with the same uh, goal as me, is, is pretty easy uh, be working and be uh, focused on the, on the goals we have. So I love, I love my people. Let me ask you this, as a competitor, someone who knows that, like I'm doing a story this uh, for this next week where I'm going to talk to a bunch of different trainers. I mean, in our last conversation, you told me you feel unbeatable. I'm going to talk to some trainers uh, who are respected about how could a boxer possibly beat Canelo with how good he is right now. Do you think about that? Do you think about what how other people are sort of plotting to defeat you? Um and and does that give you strength as well that you know people are coming at you to to beat you? Sí, va a tener una conferencia con unos entrenadores que están pues juntándose para ver cómo te te destacan y cómo y si cómo te sientes tú saber que toda la gente está como I would love to see that. I would love to see that. And I I would love to 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 beat them all of them. Yeah. So you do think about that. Do you draw, you draw motivation from that? Yeah, I love it. I love being in, in her situation. So I love, uh, I love, uh, do that in people. Yes. Yes. When people are coming at you, um, you know, we've both been around boxing for a long time, Canelo. And I wanted to, I, I have my own opinions on it as a, as a writer. I wanted to get your thoughts on it as, like I said, the, the most elite boxer in the sport at this time. Are you at all embarrassed for boxing with some of these things that are going on with these Jake Paul fights, um, the Mayweather coming back against Logan Paul, Oscar De La Hoya coming back to, to fight? Is that a good thing for boxing? a bad thing or an embarrassing thing? You know what, Lance? Uh, I'm focused on my career. I'm mm-hmm. not focused on anybody. So every, anyone can do whatever they want. So, But I'm focusing on my career. So I don't care. Yeah. 
They're all just trying to make a living like you, I guess. Like all of us, right? <laughs> um, you know, I've got to ask you about your friend. And I know he's really taken on like a, a kid brother. Uh, it's taken on a kid brother relationship with Ryan Garcia. Do you have any uh, things that you can say about how Ryan's doing and your, your conversations with him and your thoughts about him? You know what? We have, we, we, are, we are here for him just mm -hmm. to support him and he knows uh, just he knows what happened no and the team is for him every every time and support him and he's coming back strong stronger than ever yeah i mean i've got to imagine that being an elite athlete is very a very stressful thing and i know you've you've done some things you're involved in uh, some things that really kind of like ease that stress for you one of those things is golf and i know that i think within the last week you played golf with ezekiel elliott of the dallas cowboys how did that go and can you talk about the peace that you draw from playing golf no for me golf is really good because uh, my mind is perfect when I've been in golf so I left my cell phone like five hours so that's for me that's really good yeah absolutely and another thing is parenthood we saw we saw some footage some video footage of you with your sweet little daughter out there uh, putting on the golf course can you talk about the the tranquility or just the the love that you take from being a father and how how that has enlightened your life as well no like this is uh, that motivate myself, uh, my daughters, my kids, and be around them is is really is a bless bless. I'm a blessed man. Yeah. So uh, that keep keep me motivated and keep me uh, peace and and relax. So yeah, that's the best thing I have in my life. It's amazing that you were able to balance all of that and still stay focused on the task at hand of being the, the best boxer in the world. That's, I mean, it, it's, how do you do it? How do you do it? Yo creo que se nace con eso. Se nace con eso. Yo creo que en esta vida hay tiempo para todo. Solamente hay que saberlo acomodar y, y en esta vida hay tiempo para todo. I think one's born, born with it. And I believe in life, we have time for everything. You just have to know how to do it. Very well said. Canelo, I know that you want to, um, you're aiming in victory to fight Caleb Plant in around September. And then maybe if you feel up to it, if you emerge healthy, you would consider fighting again uh, in December. But I'm going to ask you to go even further than that, because I know that you, you know, this thought has crossed your mind. If you were to rank, um, who is your most likely opponent on Cinco de Mayo 2022? Would you say it's going to be uh, Triple G? Uh, Jermall Charlo or someone like Demetrius Andre or maybe none of those guys? Mm, no lo sabemos todavía. La verdad que ahorita la única idea que tengo en mi mente es ganar esta pelea del 8 de mayo y obviamente este año, si Dios quiere y todo sale bien, en esta pelea pues ganar los títulos en las 168 libras y después de ahí ya veremos, ¿no? Pero lo que sí les aseguro es que son peleas con campeones mundiales. Well, uh, the reality is we don't know that just now. I'm only focused on today and, of course, on the fight on May, fight on May 8 and winning all the 168 titles as I can. That's all we can tell you for now. 
Yes. And last question, Canelo. I know we spoke about this as well when we were in uh, camp in San Diego. You're excited about what May 8th is. It's basically the return of boxing with, you know, maybe as many as 70,000 people coming to AT&T Stadium. What does that mean to you that the world is returning to normal and the world can come and celebrate it with the Canelo Alvarez fight? Oh, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, I bring boxing back full in the after pandemic is a the pretty massive event in 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 a sport event so in it's in boxing so i'm proud of that yeah absolutely well thank you so much for your time canelo i really appreciate you uh um letting us in here and uh, good luck and we will see you in dallas thank goodness thank you so much canelo for coming on the show uh, with us this week. We really appreciate it. You can follow Canelo both on Twitter and Instagram at, at Canelo. And, you know, really, uh, Sergio, the takeaways from that interview that I had is just the confidence that this guy uh, exudes. He told me in an interview um, leading into this, leading into this conversation when I went down to the gym in San Diego, he said, look, this fight is going to it's going to be 5 rounds of feeling out Billy Joe Saunders and then it's going to be Canelo time. I wanted to get your thoughts. How do you see this fight going uh at a time when uh Billy Joe Saunders very good friend and let's be honest a very uh biased heavyweight champion Tyson Fury says that Saunders is going to give Canelo a boxing lesson. Pues mira Lance, primero quiero decirte que con Canelo hablando, hablando inglés. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Uh, anyway, um no, I think um, I think uh, it's very impressive, first of all, and Canelo uh, doing that because that's something that Chavez never wanted to do. And Chavez can speak English. You know, he, he can actually do, uh, you know, his his uh, his interviews in English, but he preferred because of, of, you know, the passion that he carried a whole country on his back. He preferred not to speak. Another fighter is Roberto Duran. He could speak English. Yeah. Never bothered, never bothered to do that publicly or, or, or on uh, doing press. Canelo doing it goes to show you uh, – the fact that he wants to be a worldwide star and not just, you know, beyond Mexico, he wants to be a worldwide star, which is why we're talking about him, which is why he is uh, very impressive. Um, but on Billy Joe Saunders, uh, Tyson Fury, you know, they, they're cut from the same cloth um, and they, they know each other so well. And, you know, both from being travelers and there's pride in that. And I think I, I, I really believe, I mean, they're, they're both, very good with their mouths. They're real, very good promoting fights. They're bad boys, but they back it up. Yeah. They have a chip on their shoulder, but they have their studs in the inside the ring. So they are cut from a different cloth. And I say I say that not just in the boxing term, but they got they got this uh, this bravado. They got this courage that you know some some other fighters just they they can't have that just because of the way they grew up. So in that sense of the promoting that Tyson Fury was doing, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, every culture has a certain type of bravado. We all know Mexicans, we, you know, Japanese have their, their, their bravado, or British, everybody, Irish, every certain culture has this bravado, this pride, and they have theirs. And the fact that Tyson Fury is the number one heavyweight champion on the planet, the Ring Magazine, and the fact that he's represented his people and his, his culture so proudly, Billy Joe Saunders is next in line you know he's he's seen exactly what can happen with someone in 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 his group and you know beating all the odds you know not only inside the ring but outside the ring the darkness outside the ring that tyson fury had to overcome gain all that weight the mental issues uh uh the problems that came outside of that and and for him to just say i'm gonna come back 
I'm going to be Deontay Wilder. I'm going to be on top of the world. And he did it. You have to believe people like that. You have to believe people like that. And Billy Joe Saunders is part of that, that same, that same line. So um, you have to respect it. You don't have to accept it, but when it happens, don't be surprised. What is your take on the fight? How do you, who do you see winning and, and when? If you look, I always look when I'm studying fighters and I, you know, obviously if I'm working, working this fight, I got to study both fighters. I look yeah. at BJ Saunders and, and the biggest fights in his career against, you know, undefeated Andy Lee and undefeated uh, Chris Eubanks, you know, he, he boxed really good early. Then he kind of started fading late. He dropped Andy Lee twice. And then Andy Lee came back in the second half of the fight and started pushing him back, getting aggressive. You know, Eubanks had some success as well. Um, this is, these guys aren't Canelo. Right. These guys are not Canelo. Canelo will not let you slide. He first of all, he's not going to let you take the first half of the fight. If you take one round, he, Canelo's going to want to take the next two rounds. Uh, it's very hard to hit Canelo now with his with his improved head movement. If this fight happened, I would say three four years ago, I would I would say Billy Joe Saunders because win a decision. This fight, I think Canelo obviously will be favored. And the reason I think Canelo is so confident in getting the late stoppage is because the writing's on the wall. If if we see uh, uh, BJ Saunders, you know, fall back, he was behind on Marcelo Cosera's fight. And then he came back and miraculously knocked him out in the 11th round. One judge had him behind on that point. Mm -hmm. He can't fall behind on points with Canelo. And I don't think he's going to take, take the early lead with Canelo. This fight has to end in a stoppage. Wow. It favors, and I think it favors Canelo in the stoppage. Uh, but Billy Joe Saunders will, I can see him maybe getting stopped in a fight that he's ahead. I mm. can see him doing that. Really? Uh, he will be in He will be in this fight because he's that damn good. But mm -hmm. I don't think this fight goes the distance. And obviously, if I say that, you know, we have to favor Canelo by stoppage. Uh, that's what I a later A later stoppage is what you're predicting. No, I'm predicting a pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm predicting a pain in the butt for for Canelo, but the writing, the critics, uh, uh, um, you know, the odds will tell you that you know BJ Saunders fades late. He doesn't yeah. have that extra gear, and it all depends how he he fights that second half of the fight. I'm not worried about the first half of the fight. The second half of the fight is where we've seen him, and that's where it seems like he doesn't have that extra gear. He's faded. He's been caught. Uh, even in fights where he was dominating uh, the first half. Yes, yes. Uh, well, it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh, a very good test for Canelo. And out of, out of all these 168 pounders that he's fighting as he plans to completely unify the division, I believe this is absolutely his toughest test of all. No, absolutely. And, you know, you know, we never seen Triple G hurt up until he fought Dervin Chanko. Mm -hmm. When it happened, it was kind of like, Superman. It's kind of like Superman around uh, that green thing that makes him weak. Kryptonite. Yeah. There's this kryptonite. I think I said that on the telecast. Uh -huh. Well, we never seen Canelo hurt. Yeah. So Billy Joe Saunders has sneaky body shots, sneaky right uppercuts, sneaky right hooks from a southpaw stance. Uh, I would love to see Canelo in that in 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 that uh, position where he finally got rocked. And I think Billy Joe Saunders can actually do that, being a southpaw, being a good puncher, being sneaky, not giving them anything to hit. But if he does hurt them, it's going to be to the body. So, you know, possibly that that can possibly happen right there. Check out a story we're, we're going to have a, later this week on The Athletic as well. I got into the dynamic of the relationship, which is so strong 
between Canelo Alvarez and his trainer, Eddie Reyno. So obviously these guys have been together for years since the time that Canelo was a 13-year-old. And now, especially during this last period where Canelo had to go through the the painful split with his promoter, Oscar De La Hoya, their their bond has has strengthened so significantly. So I, I hope all of you guys will check out that story as well to see exactly why Canelo has been so loyal to Eddie Reynoso over the years. We'll be right back after this. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. I'm going to ask you something right now, Sergio. Let's pretend you're off the record. And I know, you, I, know, I know you know that everyone's listening, but let's just pretend you're off the record because we've had such differing opinions on whether Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are going to be able to get together for a fight in August. But, uh, Eddie Hearn is, is saying pretty confidently that there's 100, or at least I think, I think it's Eddie Hearn. I can't really tell from the sources, but I believe it's Eddie Hearn, that there's about $150 million on the table in Saudi Arabia to bring the fight there in August. While Tyson Fury's co-promoter Bob Arum is saying, I've dealt with the Saudis. I just tried to do it with Terrence Crawford versus Manny Pacquiao, and it's been very tough sledding. I don't see it happening by August. Is there an internal memo within the zone, Sergio, that lets us know that this fight is actually going to take place in August? What do you know? Uh, I don't know nothing, so I'm not oh, going to. I'm not going <laughs> to be spilling no beans, but oh, I can tell on. you that. But I can tell you that you know Bob Arum is, you know, the greatest promoter, and uh, and 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 you know he's been around a long time for a reason. He could he could see the tea leaves. He could read the tea leaves. Is that that's how the saying goes? Yeah. Um. And and we have to take value, and we have to take uh uh confidence. We have to have confidence in what the Bob Father says. But then again, time change, times evolve, and the new school promoter is Eddie Hearn. We know he's yeah. the face, and he know he's the we know he's he, he's the man and and the, and the brand and the talk behind everything. He makes deals happen. He makes yeah. deals happen, and you have to take stock and faith in that as well i would have i would i would think this is a this is a stalemate between two powerful uh uh, promoters that that each of them know their own game uh considering eddie hearn already dealt with the saudis we already had a fight with saudi he's already dealt with that and knows exactly the workings behind that i'm gonna favor eddie hearn i'm gonna favor eddie hearn by slightly that this fight does happen in august because if money's the issue and and that's the only issue here. And Saudi's already uh, said they're going to put up that money. And considering Eddie Hearn has a relationship with them, then I'm going to have to favor the fact that Eddie Hearn sees something that Bob Arum is not seeing. And usually that's money. Yeah. And if the, if money's the only issue, you know, money money can't isn't going to stop things when it comes to Eddie Hearn and and uh, the Saudis. I hope that's the case. Obviously, you deal with the uh, with both men like I do. I have uh, full respect for both men, and I thought that Bob 
sort of expertly smoked out Eddie Hearn to, to say something on the record about what where the fight negotiations are at this point. And so from that standpoint, I think Bob Arum did his job. And obviously, Eddie Hearn came right back and did kind of like detail what's going on. So Eddie Hearn is still doing his job. Let's hope that this works out. Uh, another fight that's coming up uh, last week was announced, uh, Sergio. And that is another one of the novelty fights with Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Logan Paul, June 6th in Miami. I, I look at this fight, and I want to get your take on it real quick. I look at this fight and I say it, it, we can already see from a million miles away what the narrative of Floyd Mayweather is going to be. And that is, I'm going to take care of these imposters right now that are invading our sport. And we're going to put Logan Paul and basically by a message to Jake Paul that there's not room for, for those guys in our sport. Let's finish them off and expose them for the frauds that they are. How do you see the promotion of this fight working? It's going to be interesting because once people see how the, the size difference between both these fighters, especially with their shirt off and they're in shape, then you're going to believe a little bit of the hype of Logan Paul. Oh no. Floyd Mayweather is not a big guy. He's, mm -hmm. he's, 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 uh, he's lean. He's very, he's muscular, but he's not buff. He's lean. He does, you know, he's not intimidating. Now you look at Logan Paul in person. He's, you know, it's about six foot two. I would say very muscular, big shoulders. And we've seen what he looks like, you know, without a shirt. Now we we know that he's a he's a muscular guy, yeah. and he has good skill. He's he's you know he's he's getting better. He surprised me. Let's just say he surprised me. Um, do I think he's on the uh, on a on a championship level? Absolutely not. But size alone is going to give Logan some some advantage here. And the fact that he is you know putting putting in so much work as a boxer, it's hard to get past the long one too. I don't care how great you are. You know, Mayweather's still going to have to deal with the size difference. Now, do I think this fight goes the distance? No, I do <laughs> not. I think Mayweather ha may have his issues like he had with Conor McGregor, uh, whether he had issues or carried them, however you want to see it. But that fight did go into the second half of the fight. I could see this fight going to the second half of the fight on size alone, but we will see uh, um, skill prevail. I don't care if you're dealing with a 42-year-old Mayweather or 52-year-old Mayweather. Once you go into the second half of the fight where both fighters, fighters are a little bit um, tired, then the fighter that knows how to still punch with precision, that still knows how to punch with technique, that still knows how to take a punch in the second half of the fight, that's good, what's going to separate, you know, the size differential. So I see Mayweather doing exactly what he did with Conor McGregor, you know, having some issues with, with the awkwardness of, with, uh, of, a, of a fighter that's not a professional fighter. But then once the second half of the fight starts and that's when the going gets tough, Mayweather would, you know, put into another gear and 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 outclass him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We know that I was told that the at the fight that I was at uh, Saturday between uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. and Chris Ariola, that the news conference in Miami will take place on Thursday between uh, Floyd and Logan Paul. So it's going to be interesting to to see how that plays out. Just a couple other topics uh, uh, that I wanted to uh, touch on with you, Sergio. You were at that fight on Saturday in Carson between Ruiz and Areola. What did you think of how Andy Ruiz looked as he came back from that, um, uh, you know, performance in the rematch against Anthony Joshua, where he, where he was so hideously out of shape? You know, uh, the inactivity, we have to, yeah. the inactivity, he's been out of the year for a year and a half, 17, 18 months. So we have to question that all that weight loss, you know, everyone thinks, Anytime you have weight loss, it, it's how hard he worked. Yeah, that could be one thing, but it also shows how depleted 
a fighter could be. And, you know, Andy Ruiz has always been a chubby kid with fast hands. Yeah. So in a way, I, I didn't I didn't like too much of the weight loss. Same thing with other heavyweight champions. You know, you kind of want to, you don't want to see them that muscular. You know, my trainer always used Mike Tyson as a good uh, 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 example. You know, when he was at his best and youngest, he didn't look muscular. He kind of looked big. I mean, of course he was muscular, but yeah. he wasn't cut. He wasn't ripped like he was in his later uh, uh, part of his uh, career. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see him rip, you know. So I, I think that's what happened here with Andy Ruiz. Maybe he was he lost too much weight. That's one thing. The inactivity, that's two. And then the new trainer, you know, the 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 chemistry, the foundation is not set there. Usually, when when a champion changes trainer, when he's had so much success with one trainer, then he changes for whatever reason. The foundation needs to be set again, and usually their first fight is is rough. Their second fight is better. And I would think by the third fight, that's when all. All, all the pistons are firing and, you know, the fighters working on all cylinders. We didn't get a good glimpse of, of Andy Ruiz and Eddie Reynoso this time around. And I think the, the weight loss may have been a detriment to a, a fighter like Andy, who's used to fighting with weight. Um, but credit, we got to give credit to Chris Ariola because yeah. he was motivated. He actually came with a great game plan. And you got to give Joe Goosen credit for that. You have to give him credit, even though how much I, I, I appreciate and respect Henry Ramirez, we have to give Joe Goosen credit because he must have had a strategy not to exchange with the man with the faster hands, not to commit with power jabs like Ariola likes to do. He sometimes falls off balance with so much power that he that he goes into the jab. He wasn't really jabbing that much this time. He was kind of picking his shots. He and and it was smart when he knocked down Andy Ruiz. He didn't do what Anthony Joshua did and go after him because he knows that Ruiz is dangerous when he's hurt. So the game plan was there. The strategy was there. They executed it perfectly. The only problem is the judges weren't there. (laughs) You know, I I had Andy Ruiz winning unanimously, but come on, man. Give give the nightmare a little bit more credit. You know, I had it like eight to four. Yeah, I gave it. I had it eight to four. You, You too? Yeah, four rounds. That's it. Yeah. You know, and I think you have a soft spot in your heart for Areola too, since you're also 40, right? <laughs> but he did, you know, look, Lance. I mean, I did, I did a story. For, I'm sorry to bring it up. I'm sorry to bring it up, Sergio. <laughs> but I mean, I did a story on the on uh, Areola this past week, you know, talking about that this could be his last fight. But honestly, there's no way it's his last fight yeah. based on right. what we saw. I think this guy has a role as a gatekeeper in the sport. And I think he has a role as a name against anyone that, you know, needs a heavyweight fight uh, over the ne- course of the next year or two. A likable gatekeeper. Most, yes, gay, gay, yes. most gatekeepers, nobody knows, or or they're yeah. you know they're gatekeepers. No one really cares about them, and they, they don't have that sparring partner mentality where they just come to compete. Ariola still came to win. Ariola yeah. still is entertaining. Get put a microphone in front of him, and he's going to go viral. You know, so yeah. you know it, he's yes, I do have a soft spot for Ariola, and and uh, uh, I, I think he has a he's not going to leave money on on the table. He had a, an excellent performance against a former champion who was just on top of the world just last year. So that should give Ariola some motivation that he still has some gas left. And I hope I hope that he still has some big paydays left. And Ruiz, you know, uh, the possible opponents next for him uh, include uh, two-time uh, uh, world title challenger Luis Ortiz or maybe even the former champion Deontay Wilder. Not bad fights for Andy Ruiz uh, coming up by the end of the year. You know, if if the rumors of uh, of Deontay Wilder coming back and hungry and motivated and, and and he's looking to make a statement, I think Andy Ruiz would be the perfect statement. Mm. If he can come out come out and and knock out a guy who's never been knocked out, 
a guy who was just a unified champion, a guy who just knocked out Anthony Joshua. I mean, these are the everything's there for Deontay Wilder to come back and make a splash on boxing and say, "Oh, he's back," you know. But I don't think they'll do that. I think I think Al Heyman, you know, who who manages advises both of them, wouldn't do that to Deontay Wilder. I think uh, uh, Luis Ortiz makes more sense for Ariola and for a fighter like Wilder. There's there's a lot of picking. A lot of a lot of fights out there for him. They don't have to go straight to the top and straight to something dangerous. You know, a top a top ten uh, a Charles Martin type former champion. Yeah, someone beatable. Someone's been knocked out. Someone that mm-hmm. still has some some fight left in him. Yeah, someone like that. I would think is someone that Deontay Wilder comes back from. That's a good fit. Now, um, obviously, uh, Sergio, the horrific uh, news that we've seen over the weekend on. Uh, former lightweight prospect Felix Verdejo, who was actually uh, the 2014 ESPN Prospect of the Year, Um, a guy who was a a 2012 Olympian out of Puerto Rico. And I I think at times, um, you know, as he was coming up and and people were were pretty high on his talent, he was sort of being painted as the next Felix Trinidad Jr. based on the charisma and his big smile and everything like that. But terrible news. I mean, he's been arrested on the kidnapping and carjacking connected to the killing of his uh, uh, girlfriend and her unborn child, who she had said, she had told him that this child is yours. And now we wake up Monday and find out that uh, Felix Verdejo is in a Puerto Rican court facing the death penalty. And it's just a, a very, very stark fall for this guy who, again, had so much going for him. He was involved. Remember that 2016 motorcycle crash that he was involved in, and he he did suffer a head injury in that fight. And then in in uh, December of of this past year, he was in a hellacious uh, uh, fight against a, a Japanese opponent and ended up getting stopped in that fight and took a lot of damage. But look, whatever is going on here, this is just beyond troubling. Uh, for Felix Verdejo. And, you know, look, we've the, the sport has been haunted by tragedy before. I mean, you think of the names Edwin Valero and Arturo Gotti and the way that their lives end, ended. And now to uh, to think of a, of a fighter involved in something like this. I mean, we know the, the personalities in the sport, Sergio, and uh, for the most part, these are all uh, very good-hearted people who have pulled themselves up um, to make a, a, a great name for themselves in sport. And this was just heartbreaking to uh, read all the details of what transpired in Puerto Rico. You know, you, you've dealt with, with many champions, many, many champions. And you, you know how they are outside the ring. And I can tell you, every fighter has a dark side. And I yeah. don't think there'll be, I don't think there'll be fighters going to have a dark side, whether that dark side is uh, alcohol, whether it's gambling, womanizing drugs, uh, every fighter has a dark side, mm. you know, the biggest champions in the world. Um, now with questions, you know, uh, with CTE and, and depression mm. and, and, and everything else that's surfacing and, and, uh, prescription drugs and so many things that added to what already was a dark sport, dark, you know, dark side of a fighter. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's tragic is what it is. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know the, the right words for to label this but but the more that i read about this this you know what happened it was premeditated Mm -hmm. this was something they planned this was something that that was just i don't even know the right word the more the the details come out macabre you know horrific yeah yeah it's very it's it's i don't even know the word for it but it, it it gives chills when you read what what happened and if this is actually 
you know, everything that, that actually did transpire, he deserves a death, death penalty because this was something that was premeditated, it was thought of, and it was just, it was, it was uh, unspeakable. And, and you, can't, you can't understand something like that. And whether you want to start, you know, saying, well, this could have been an issue, this could have been an issue, ultimately it was still planned. Yeah, and in this country we have laws, and in Puerto Rico, I'm sure that the same laws apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was premeditated, and this was uh, just an evil, evil act, and he should pay for it. Absolutely, full extent, full extent of the law. No doubt about it. And look, having done some uh, research and a lot of reporting on this story over the past weekend, let's uh, let's mention the name of Keishla Rodriguez Ortiz, a 27 year old victim. Um, she worked as a uh, pet groomer. And was a was a big lover of pets. Um, she she had some, and she did a lot of rescues. Sounds like she had a you know a, a very big heart. You look at the photos of her, and it is just absolutely heartbreaking that a life like that has to uh, um, go by the wayside because of uh, someone's very evil intentions, as you said. So um, we'll be following that case at the Athletic. I know we've got some stories up there right now, and um, uh, again, uh, just a, tr- a tragic weekend. Uh, for the sport. But, um, you know, ending this uh, conversation, Sergio, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Again, you can follow Sergio's work on jabs with Mannix and Mora on The Zone. You can also follow him Saturday night as he serves as analyst for the Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders fight in in AT&T Stadium outside Dallas. It's going to be an electric night, Sergio. We know uh, maybe as many as 70,000 people coming for basically what Canelo has said is the return of boxing. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have a great time there. Any final thoughts before we take off today? Well, uh, I'm excited to finally uh, get back to you know normal, hopefully uh, with, with fans and, and, and the roar of the crowd and this mega fight between two you know, huge stars and in, 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 in opposite sides of the, of the world. And uh, I, I just want everything to get back to normal, man. I mean, we all had a rough 2020 and uh, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that, that want to uh, either, they want to forget about life at least for one night. And then that night is, you know, this Saturday, I'm excited, man. I'm excited that the, the whole, the whole stage is set for something big and it doesn't get bigger than Dallas stadium. And, and, uh, where the Cowboys play. So yeah, this is, this is something that everyone should be tuning in. I'm excited and uh, yeah, can't wait. Great. We'll have a good time, Sergio. Thank you so much again uh, um, to follow the pug and cop boxing show. We encourage uh-huh. you to- the, the, the this pug week and snake, the pug and snake podcast this, this week. It's pug and snake. We really appreciate it. <laughs> but if you're going to follow it uh, regularly, when Mike Coppinger returns, go to theathletic.com slash pug and cop light rake, and subscribe to the show. We'd uh, love to have more followers than we have already. Appreciate all you guys. And Sergio, we really appreciate your time today. You have a great fight out there in Dallas. Thank you.